Hello, welcome to episode 30 of the Sensuality Academy podcast. So if you're here, you're most likely interested on some level in self-improvement and self-inquiry. So today I invited a special guest onto the podcast to dive deeper into all things mindset and manifestation. Effia Salta is a mindset coach who is obsessed with helping millennial women squash their limiting beliefs and create empowering new stories so that they can manifest the life of their dreams. In this eye-opening chat today, we explore how to balance your masculine and feminine energies, reframing our so-called negative beliefs, making meditation less intimidating, how to find all the answers you need within yourself, journaling for self-inquiry, and Effia's signature framework for manifestation and also the importance of setting boundaries. It's such a wonderful chat and I know that you're going to love Effia. You can find her over on Instagram at EffiaSulta underscore and that is E-F-I-A-S-U-L-T-E-R underscore. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Sensuality Academy podcast, where I share tangible techniques to help you embody your femininity, enhance your sex life, and elevate your relationships. I'm your host, Eleanor Hadley, sensuality coach and founder of Sensual Yoga. Now let's unleash your inner sensualista. Welcome, Effia, to the Sensuality Academy podcast. It is so lovely to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So today we're talking about the power of self-inquiry. We're talking about mindset, energy, and manifestation. And you are a mindset coach. What does a mindset coach do? Tell us a little bit about your passion. So really, I'm passionate about empowering millennial women through mindset and manifestation work that combines both the spirituality side and also the strategy and really taking action from this soulful and aligned place. Amazing. And so when you talk about spirituality and strategy, this sounds a lot to me like utilizing the masculine and the feminine. And I know that this is something that you've talked about in your work before. And it's something that my listeners will be very, very familiar with because I talk about it a lot all the time. Can you tell us how this plays into your work and why it's important? Yeah, for sure. So I think the balancing of energy is so important because it's so closely relate, related to everything that we do. But typically, um, especially for women in the business side, it's so focused on the masculine, of the hustle and work harder. And that was something I really believed myself for a long time and that, oh, if I just work harder, if I just stress myself out more, you know, if I just play into the hustle, then I'm going to be more likely to be successful. But actually what it led to was this really, the sense of burnout and detachment from myself. And it was really when I learned to own and honor the feminine energy that I not only became more successful in my business, but I felt more connected to who I was. And so I think it's important when I'm coaching women and talking to women that it's about the balance of these energies. And, you know, we do say masculine and feminine energy. Obviously, this doesn't just relate to, you know, females have feminine energy, masculine has masculine energy, them has you know, whatever energy, these apply to everyone. And so balance for some people may be like 40% masculine, 60% feminine, but it's just finding the balance that works right for you. 
That's such a great point, and I think one that a lot of people miss because when we think of balance, we think 50 50 on a scale, and that it must be half what is called masculine and half what is called feminine. So how do you find that um, that people can discover which is their most nourishing balance, which works best for them, and how they would kind of lean towards one as opposed to the other? I think it's important that people realize that we're all so, so unique. Everyone has such a unique blueprint and nobody's balance will be exactly the same. So it's not like every person gets like, go away with this one formula, follow these exact steps, and then this will be your energy's balance. It's about really taking stock of your life where it's at the moment, having the sense of self-awareness around how you're feeling, how you're showing up, and then understanding, okay, I'm wounded in this area or I'm wounded in this area. This is obviously the one that I need to work on and balance out so that I feel more at peace with myself. Yeah, I think that that's so important. A lot of us don't take the time to really discover ourselves. And I know that in my work, I focus a lot on self-inquiry, which is kind of the the way that I start when I work with one-on-one clients or group coaching clients, where we start with the internal world. And I know that this is something that you do a lot as well um, in terms of self-discovery. And I'd love to know in your experience, what do you think is the biggest benefit of actually taking that time to discover yourself more? And also, how do you how do you do it? I think the biggest benefit of taking that time to discover yourself more is that you just have a greater connection, not only to yourself, but what's going on in the world around you. And, you know, it's easy to look online and see the in inverted commas I'm doing inverted commas right now the positive or the great um, aspects of people's lives and like oh I manifested this amazing thing which is you know is great to see that to inspire you but it's also important to kind of check yourselves in the moment that don't feel as good because this is where the sense of self-awareness really comes in because we're kind of taught to herald positive emotions and negative emotions whereas the way that I see the world is that the only negative really is how you're viewing typically negative emotions. So for example, I would say one of my traits is that I'm quite stubborn, which is seen as a negative trait. But actually, what makes me feel negative about it is the guilt that I would feel when I'm like, oh my god, I'm being stubborn. Whereas if I have this sense of self-awareness, I can be like, okay, why is this coming up? What's another way I can look at that? Okay, being self-assured is actually very important when you're in business for yourself. Being self-assured is super important for having boundaries. And it's like, where can I kind of see this in a different light? And so having that sense of self-awareness means when it comes to self-compassion, you really understand yourself and how you as a human work. Yeah, I love that reframe. And it's something that I, I wish more people would would do. And reframing these quote-unquote negative emotions or negative qualities is so powerful and I've seen it in my clients as well and for those listening if they're like okay that sounds great but I don't know how to do it it doesn't feel possible to me what would you say to them? I would say the number one thing to start doing Oh, two things actually. <laughs> um, number one, meditation. Meditation is so important for quieting down all the bullshit that's going on outside and really just turning inside yourself. We spend so long looking outside for the answers. And I'm sure you know, you'll know you have this with yourself when your clients come to you. 
maybe they expect that you're going to say do this go away and life is going to be amazing but it's actually okay how can we help you go inside so that you're able to cultivate answers from yourself moving forward so meditation really allows you to quiet all of that noise and sit and think wait what do I actually want how do I actually feel and I know maybe if you're just getting started with meditation it can feel intimidating and it's like oh no I have to like sit and not think of anything for 10 minutes but really thoughts are going to come up thoughts come up that's how it happens meditation is really about the act of saying I deserve to take time for myself whether it's five minutes ten minutes it's just this time to disconnect from everything else and turn inwards and connect to yourself so the first few times it may feel awkward or uncomfortable or you're wondering am I doing it right but just continue stick at it and through time you'll begin to realize hey I'm actually really enjoying this detached time for myself and another thing as well is how we see meditation. Typically we see meditation as sitting cross-legged in a room for an hour, silence, that kind of situation. But meditation is just synonymous with mindfulness. So for me, a shower is a very meditative state for me. I don't have any technology, no one else is there, and it's just me and my thoughts relaxing or taking a walk without technology. That is very meditative for me. So it's about finding a meditation style that works for you and know that It's not about getting meditation right or wrong. It's just about being able to hear yourself truly think. So powerful. And this is something I love that you said that meditation is akin to mindfulness. And for me in my work, I often talk about mindfulness being akin to sensuality. It's simply being of the senses. It's being present. It's being highly aware of your environment at the same time as your internal world. So I really like how that um, really correlates with this idea of actually just going internally and being with yourself, which is sometimes a really hard thing for people to do. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, as, (laughs) as we become more addicted to technology, you rarely, rarely spend time just by yourself. So actually coming back home really through things like meditation, that's why it feels so uncomfortable when you first begin to do it because it's rare that we just have this time to sit with ourselves. And then in terms of one of the second ways to connect with yourself, journaling as well just writing down in your journal like when you wake up what's on your mind in the morning it doesn't always have to be answering journal prompts it's just getting it out of your head and you know when I first heard of journaling and people doing journaling in their adult years I was like wow I just thought this was like a dear diary situation that we did as teenagers when I actually sat down and did it has like this is life-changing like to begin with I was like oh I'm just going to write whatever but the amount of discoveries I have had through physically taking a pen and paper is not the same really if you type it it really has to be with a pen and paper and you're like wow this is how I truly feel about this situation or wow this is a different perspective that I didn't even know and it's just so powerful and so beautiful to see the way that your brain works right now. I totally agree I was exactly the same as you when I started journaling um I know you actually wrote in one of your blogs that you said I already know what I'm thinking so what's the point in writing it down and I'm too fucking old to be writing dear diaries and that made me laugh so much when I read that because I felt exactly the same thing I was like like what what is journaling about like I'm not going to just like write about what I did today like how boring but when I started to master the art of journaling and it's really truly self-inquiry it's 
kind of creating that ability to ask yourself questions and and what I always say questioning your conditioning and thinking okay why is it that I feel like this what what's going on for me and what could this be bringing up for me um and really working through things it can change the game it's so powerful Absolutely. And there's this quote that I don't even know who said it, but it's quite a popular quote. And it's like, your new life will cost you your old life. And I think really the message of that quote has been kind of misconstrued. And what I actually see that quote as is your new life will cost you your old programming. Because yeah, you can move away, you can change your clothes, you can change who you spend time with. But if you don't actually change your internal state, if you don't actually get aware of the programs that you've been running, whether you're responsible for putting them there or not, nothing is actually going to change on a long-term basis. That's such a great point. I I would love I would love people to really take that on board because I think so often you know, with social media and with just comparisons in general, we are thinking, okay, what can I change externally? And I know a lot of people initially come to me um, in in my work because they want to change something externally. But you know, you're a coach as well, and you know that it's it everything starts internally. It starts with us really taking time to figure ourselves out. Um, I'd love for you to share a little bit more about programming how do we recognize what our programming is what our limiting beliefs are and how they're holding us back and then what do we do about it once you figure out those things that are kind of getting in our way I think often for people it's not necessarily straight away being able to identify okay this is the limiting belief it's more okay what repeated behaviors or repeated thoughts are coming up for me that are no longer serving me and it's through the behaviors or the thoughts that you say okay there's a reason that this keeps coming up for me and then you can you know perhaps turn to your journal or turn to meditation and ask yourself once you've got to that point like okay like why is this actually coming up and so much of the time you will just approach these things at a surface level like oh I'm procrastinating or oh I'm lazy and then you'll get down to the heart of it and it's like oh actually I'm procrastinating because at school I was told I'd never amount to anything and now I'm scared to show up and do something because it's never going to work because nobody else believes in me and then when you really get to the heart of that it's like oh this is what's going on yeah it can be so eye-opening and for anybody who's listening and they're thinking okay that sounds great I would love to know what patterns I'd love to inquire about what patterns I am repeating and discover what's deeper how would you guide that process what would you say to someone who wants to find that out and kind of change change where they're at I think one of the first thing is sitting with yourself and being like what do I really want what do I truly want if anything was possible what would I want and really thinking about that and then what are the immediate thoughts that come up after that are they yes I can do this I can get anything I want or is it something else is it I'm never going to make the money to see this through is it that this is never going to work out for me is it this I don't even know how this is possible and then it's really so with my clients to go through an eight-step process from identifying the behavior to understanding where this behavior has come from and any 
other memories associated with this behavior because it's important to kind of look back and see okay I know that this is something that comes out for me but where in my life has this played out in other areas and by that way you can kind of get to the root cause of how it's came up and finally when you understand the root cause then you can go into okay this is the belief that I no longer want to have now let's reprogram it into something that's serving me better and I don't really like to say like let's turn the negative into a positive because I don't really like I don't really like those terms because it kind of teaches you to have this kind of guilt around like oh no this has come up or it makes you like reject parts of yourself and I don't think we should ever be rejecting parts of ourselves but having self-compassion and loving and honoring every part of ourselves and when you can get to that place of loving and honoring every part of yourself then all these behaviors and all of these limiting beliefs actually become a gift because when you can get to the root of those, you can turn them into even more powerful reprogramming to propel you forward rather than the other way. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think that's so, so powerful. And I'd love to ask you now about manifestation. So I know that this is something that you are, it's totally your wheelhouse. And I know for a lot of people, the word manifestation sounds like a bit of an esoteric term and it can sound kind of like a dream. And it's something that I think a lot of people struggle to really understand and see through. I know that you've got your own uh, framework around manifestation as well. So could you share with us what is manifestation? How does it work? And yeah, why should we start manifesting our lives? Yes, of course. So at the root, manifestation is simply having a vision and really bringing that goal to life. And many people's first introduction to manifestation is the film The Secret and really the repeated message in the secret is thoughts become things, thoughts become things. So people are leaving with this message and they're like, okay, I can't just like think about something and then it magically appears. And you would be right. You don't just think about something and it magically appears. You actually need to put in the effort into both um, understanding and breaking free of any limiting beliefs that might get in your way, but also in taking inspired action so that you're actually moving yourself forward. Like anyone can sit at home and have a dream. So many people have dreams, but the people who actually take action on those dreams is a lot less so if you're someone who's like oh manifestation doesn't work either it works or it doesn't but based on your sense of belief it's whether it's going to come into your life or not so really manifestation is about having a vision having a goal seeing it through and combining both the spirituality of yes I'm supported by the universe but also the strategy of okay to be supported by the universe I actually need to take some steps I actually need to meet the universe halfway in order to get what I want yeah and that kind of goes back to that idea of masculine and feminine right like the masculine holding space having structure the feminine kind of allowing that creativity and and flow and trust as well yeah absolutely and so I think it's something that everyone everyone should have in their life because we're all, you know, I hope we're all working towards a bigger vision. We're all working to fulfilling our desires. And the way that we're brought up is often to reject the desires that we have is, oh, you can't do this or this isn't the way that things are done or I haven't seen anybody else do this or what will people think? But really manifestation at the heart of it is about connecting to your desires, honoring your desires and bringing those to life. So I can't I can't think of a reason why you wouldn't want to embody that. Absolutely. And would you mind sharing with us a little bit more about your framework that you teach? Um, you know, giving us an overview of what that vibes framework is uh, when it comes to manifestation. Yes, absolutely. So an issue for a lot of people is that they will begin with, okay, this is what I want. 
and then move forward from that place. And I, I remember, maybe it was last year, and I would see so many things with people on the internet sharing, like, I made this vision board and everything came true. And I'd actually made this vision board and nothing had came true. So looking at that, I was like, okay, like, where have I gone wrong here? And why didn't this work for me? And through kind of going back through those steps and seeing where I went wrong, I actually ended up building a framework out of this that's actually enabled me to manifest consistently with a repeatable framework. So many people will begin at the intention. The vibes framework starts at embodying the vibe, embodying the vibe of your next level self, because when you know who you're working towards, the kind of person that you want to be, when you know your values, that means that anytime you set an intention, you are holding it against that vision of who you want to be. You're holding it against your values. You're holding it against this wider sense of purpose. So when you do have the sabotaging thoughts or when you do have people who don't really believe in you or when something does come up, you are laser focused on this higher vision. You're focused on the person that you're becoming and nothing can get in the way of that. So once you get around the embodying the vibe and really stepping into that next level version of yourself, you start embodying that today. It's not waiting until you have the thing. It's not waiting for the perfect time, which doesn't actually exist. It's today. I'm going to start showing up like the person I've always wanted to be. Um, And then next, the second step is setting an intention. It's not just enough to set an intention. It has to be powerful. It has to be heartfelt. It has to mean something to you. So a few of the things I had on my vision board, I think one of them was like um, first class travel, which yeah, is great, but it wasn't something that really set my soul on fire it's just something I was like oh well everyone else is traveling first class so maybe I should want to travel first class too and really it wasn't like that much of a priority so setting the intention once you have embodied the vibe you can set your you can have this like congruency check against okay is this actually in line with the person who I want to be does this actually make sense for me um and setting a powerful intention is really about that and moving towards what you do want instead of what you don't want Um, And then next is boundaries and holding strong energetic boundaries. This really dives into limiting belief, but also where are you putting your attention? What are you focused on? Who are you allowing into your space and to take your precious energy? Um, After that is balancing energies, which is all about that dance between the masculine and feminine and healing those wounded parts and really embracing every part of that to take inspired action. So many people will be like, yes, this is it. This is the goal that I want. Like now I just hustle, hustle, hustle and I'll get it. But it's actually the beautiful balance between masculine and feminine and taking action from an inspired place. Like, hmm, what what is my intuition telling me to do today? Okay, this seems like it has no relation to what I want to do to ever, but it would feel really fucking good to do in this moment. So I know I'm in the middle of a launch, but I'm feeling called to just go away and have a dance party. So that's what I'm going to do. And really giving yourself permission to do things that feel good in order to get where you want to go. And then the last step, which ties back into the feminine energy again, is really surrendering to the how. And when it comes to manifestation, surrendering to the how and just allowing yourself to be a receiver of all that is coming to you and having both faith in yourself and the universe that is going to happen. And I say for a lot of people who are really struggling to get their head around the concept of the universe and entities and all these kind of things, and maybe you're new to spirituality, if at this point you can't have faith in the universe, have faith in yourself. Because when you have faith in yourself, all of the other parts will follow. Beautiful. I love that framework. And I love the yeah, the focus on surrender in particular and understanding the the energies. Uh, something you spoke about as well as boundaries and 
it's something that I think is so important um, in in everyday life. It's something I talk about in my work, and it's so interesting for that to come up within the work of manifestation. And I think that boundaries are something that a lot of women particularly struggle with because we are kind of conditioned to have none and to be there for everybody else. So I'd love to ask you, you know, for women who are potentially in relationships or have children and, um, I mean, women in general just kind of giving their time over to other people instead of themselves, how how would they go about setting those boundaries and kind of setting aside time for themselves. You know, I know that there's probably a lot of women listening who even will struggle with meditation and journaling because we're not necessarily allowing ourselves that time, that permission um, to focus on ourselves and set a boundary that they deserve time to themselves as well. Absolutely. And I think even when it comes to manifesting or wanting more, so many women feel like, oh, it's it's selfish to want more, or I don't know whether I should be allowed to want this. And when it comes to setting boundaries, it's really about having the knowledge that the more you give to yourself, the more you're able to give to other people. You can pour from a full cup. You know, you don't want to be giving so much of yourself that you're actually beginning to build this like underlying element of resentment or discontentment when you're actually giving that time to yourself you're not only showing up fully for yourself but you're showing up for everyone around you and I have actually had friends in the past where I've kind of built up a stronger boundary around a relationship and it's like maybe taken a step back and had friends come back in the future that said you know what I really appreciate you sending setting this boundary in a relationship and it's caused me to look inwards and see where things weren't working so you setting a boundary is actually a gift for someone else and it's a gift for yourself as well. I totally agree and it's something that I know personally I've had to work through as well with with friends and with partners like I went on a date the other day and I I had to set a boundary saying like, hey, I, I, I would really appreciate you getting in touch earlier to book something in um, and not messaging me on the day to to see me that night. Um, and we had a discussion about this. I remember he was saying, you know, oh, wow, like you really put your foot down. And I was like, yeah, it's just me setting my boundary. Like I value my time and I want you to value it as well. It's simple. Like I'm not angry. It's just if if we let those things slide, especially early, especially in relationships and stuff, if we let things slide, then we're essentially allowing that behavior. And so boundaries are a way for us to really um, tell people and communicate what is okay and what isn't okay. And it's protecting ourselves as well as letting them know um, how how to kind of move forward in this relationship. And I think that you're right. It it serves you, the boundary setter, and it also serves them because I think that sometimes it inspires people. When you stand up for yourself, it inspires other people to go and look around and look at themselves and go, oh, wait, why why don't I do that? Maybe I should set my own boundaries too. Absolutely. You're so right on that. And I always like to say as well, you know, when – when a woman steps into her power, she is unconsciously giving permission for so many other women to do the same. Even if even if you feel like people aren't watching, they absolutely are. And seeing you truly own it is is such is such a blessing for the rest of the world. You know, when you're raising your consciousness, you're also raising the collective consciousness. So having that respect for yourself and also it goes back to, you know, what are my values? Because every time you betray those values, you lose confidence in yourself. 
Yeah, that's so true. I think that a lot of women have experienced, I know myself, um, I've experienced this too, where, you know, you've give, you give away so much of yourself to the point where you might end up leaving a relationship and you have no idea who you are because you haven't dedicated that time. And this is something that actually came up um, in uh, the book I did a book club on recently called Women Don't Owe You Pretty. Have you read that yet? No, but my friend actually bought me it for my birthday. I was like, no, just after the book club is finished. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I, I think I remember seeing you um, posting it on your stories. Um, there's a part in there where Florence talks about this idea of men having self-care built in. And she says it's called women. And right (laughs) yes so powerful because you know it's so true in a lot of ways um men are you know that they if they grow up in a very um like I'm gonna say quote-unquote traditional but I think that's more toxic um environment you know that their mums do the cooking and the cleaning and then they get a wife and they do the cooking and the cleaning Mm. and you know the child rearing and all of these things um that like labor is quite um, unbalanced um, in so many cases. And that's why we have such a huge market for like quote unquote self-care. But the problem is that it's often packaged up into things that you have to pay for. And it's it's just a consumerist capitalist product that's like, oh, here, you buy this and then that equals self-care. Go and like have a bath with this like really expensive bath oil um, and suddenly tick self-care. But really, self-care is about you know what we've been talking about like meditating, journaling, taking time to be with yourself. And it's something that I think we don't get, we don't learn enough about that it actually can be entirely free. <laughs> you can just do it all yourself, but it does take that guidance as well. Absolutely. And it's not just self care, it's self preservation. It's like really making the most of yourself. Mm, self preservation. I love that thought. I really love that idea. So one thing I wanted to ask you when it comes to manifestation, um, so a lot of my work obviously is all about femininity, it's about embodiment, um, sexuality and relationships and I wanted to ask you, have you ever had clients, have you worked with people um, and have you had this experience yourself of manifesting things like you know, a better relationship with your body, um, a better relationship with another person, um, a great sex life or things like that. I know that sometimes when we think of manifestation, um, like as in the secret, it was very focused on things, material things, like I'm going to manifest a car. Um, but what about those intangibles? Yeah, I think, you know what, to be honest, I think most people do want the intangible, even if they say outwardly that they want the physical thing. It's really what we're chasing is the feelings. We always, whatever it is that we desire, we're always chasing the feelings that come with it. So I have had a lot of clients that really, for me, a lot of, um, one of the main things that my clients come to me with is confidence. It's really about building that sense of confidence and trust and faith and belief in themselves. And when you when you build that in one area, you're really affecting every area in your life. Everything is all connected and has a ripple effect on one another. And so one of my clients most recently, she really wanted to work on um, just 
feeling more confident and more free in her life. And now that she's got to that place, she's actually inspiring her friends, inspiring um, her partner to do the same. Yeah, confidence is such an interesting one. And I know that a lot of my clients as well, um, a lot of our listeners right now may be thinking the same thing. Like, I, yeah, I want more confidence. I just don't know how to get it. And what, I mean, other than the the things that we've been talking about so far in this episode, what would you suggest to someone who's like, I'm just really struggling with my confidence? So I don't know if you've heard of Ed Milet, but he says this really great thing about confidence, which is that confidence is simply the promises that you keep to yourself. It's like, I say that I'm going to do this and I follow through with it. And it's not just promises you make to other people, but if you say like, I'm going to work out today, you're you're truly going to do that. If you say, "Mm, this isn't for me, you're truly going to stick to your word. So you build confidence by the little promises you keep or don't keep to yourself every day. What a good way to to start off. you know, your journey towards becoming more confident. Just keep those promises to yourself. Thank you so much for speaking with us today, Ethia. Um, it, it was such a pleasure. And I know that a lot of our listeners will have gained so much insight from your words. So how can our listeners get in touch with you, keep, um, keep up to date with all of your work? Where can we find you? Awesome. So you can find me over on Instagram mainly. I mainly hang out on Instagram um, at Effie Shows Life, which is E F F Y Shows Life. Um, I do think I'm going to change the handle name soon, so maybe you can put it in the show notes. Um, mainly there. And also, I have a Facebook community as well, which is the High Vibe Soul Tribe. Um, and that's a really fun place to hang out, meet other women who are also on a journey of personal growth, personal development. Um, yeah, and thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Thank you so much. And yes, I will put all of the details on how to keep in touch in the show notes. Thank you so much. And as usual, stay sensual. Mm -hmm.